show of don't get this twisted i am rob with my co-host as always tina how are you doing tina i'm good today rob how are you i'm tired as fuck this puppy's <laughs> killing me slowly and he's too fucking cute so i can't even be mad at him it was bound to happen yeah i know it's because i can't have any more kids i cut that problem off um <laughs> so we're gonna talk um gay I guess that's a good way of putting it. We're, we're going <laughs> to talk have, about. <laughs> we're, we're I'm just messing around. We're going to we're going to talk about coming out and how hard it is, because um, I know we all have someone gay in our life um, at some point. Um, relatives for me, um, one of my aunts when I was really young. And if you can believe this, two of her boys. So, yeah, I think we in all kitchen. have something like that in our life. Um, I'll let you do the uh, intro because you do those so well. <laughs> oh, thanks. So uh, today we're going to have my cousin Sean on and Sean um, came out years ago and I watched his journey and his struggle and we talked about things over the course of time and and I, I think that that... I think this would be a good person to have on today because he knows a lot about it and because he struggled and, and maybe he could shed some light. So thank you, Sean, for being on our show. Thank you, Tina. Hello, guys. Hi, it Sean. My, How are you doing Hello. Today? Uh, fantastic. It is my honor to be here with my beautiful cousin and company. Oh, <laughs> I love him. I, I, I would say it'd be nice to see you, but unfortunately, oh. you're not camera. You're not on camera today, so... You're, you're, you're kind of lucky. I mean, uh, you're going to have to take me on a date or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 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 as, as long as it's cheap, we're okay. Because I... Uh, uh, you, don't, you don't know gay dates. We usually go Dutch. We pay half and half. Or one of them takes care of it, you know? You know I, I'm telling you, though, we, we, did a, we did a show on online dating. I don't know if, you, if you've heard it. There's two of them. The second one is really good, and you realize guys are dicks. Like, super duper horrible. <laughs> oh, yeah. Horrible, because we had we had two girls on that would gave their stories. It, oh man, it, it made me like almost uncomfortable as a guy. I was like, man, <laughs> but yeah, I, I will I, tell you that some of the things some of the things that I've done, they I can tell you that girls have offered to pay. It's weird, gentlemen. Yeah, very very yeah, bizarre. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm a waiter. I've seen all of those sweetheart guys come in there with their beautiful girls, and they treat them so well. And I'm like looking at the girls, like run. <laughs> yeah. Damn. You know. So this is all right. Uh, so let's uh, let's go with the story because I think um, most listeners like to hear. You know, like a real life story, not not something that we have to like, you know, carve out of you, you know, and and I don't want to throw a bazillion questions at you because I just think that 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 is not a more real, you know, people don't want to hear that shit. They want to hear exactly, you know, who you are, where you're at, how it all happened. Um, let's start for, for just for me, because since I can't see you, let's start with age. OK, so I am 32. Um, born and raised in California in the Valley, um, Valley kid. I love it here. Um, but I yearn to travel. Uh, my, my story kind of starts, um, it starts off in a magical forest. No, I'm just, it starts off, uh, <laughs> it starts off with me and my three older sisters, my mom and my grandma. Uh, my dad wasn't in the picture and, uh, was, you know, raised by a matriarchy and, very powerful, strong women who I still like look up to to this day. Um, uh, we we became very close because of our struggles. We were very poor. We didn't have much money for toys or like anything besides necessities. Sometimes even like school clothes and stuff was a struggle. So we were uh, we that was like our beginning stages of life. And you know through that I was even battling what I was feeling because I remember going to school and having my second grade teacher and 
Mr. Scaglione, like I looked at that guy and I was like, that is, a, I don't know what's going on with me. That is a good looking man. I, this is confusing. And from that moment, I had the beginning of my battle. I remember having these weird, like tossing and turnings of feelings of back and forth throughout the, throughout the years from the age of like, it was second grade. So what I was like, I was like seven years old from, from that to like, you know, 12 or 13, where I realized, nope, I am going to be straight. And, you know, I see kids getting bullied left and right for being eccentric or different or whatever. I was funny. I was popular. I was cool. I was the cool kid. So I skated by easy. You know, I, I just kept my head down and was part of the part of the crowd, basically. And then it came into high school where when you have sex with a girl, you're pretty freaking cool. You are the cool guy. <laughs> you definitely want to be doing that. So that push comes to shove. You you gotta you gotta sink or swim. And I I swam in a vagina. It was terrible. <laughs> it was an experience. It was terrible. Yeah, it was just like a. It was a, an interesting experience. Um, I just I uh, just remember leaving that, and I felt really weird. I threw up. Cause I just was, there was a lot going on in my head and just remember feeling so like out of it after that experience that I was just like, Oh shit, you know, like, fuck, this is, this is weird. Like maybe you really are gay. You just threw up after having sex with a girl, you know? So that was another big, big hit for me. So when that all happened, I realized that, you know, alcohol was a great way to escape my brain and all the thoughts that I was having about, different classmates and people and stuff, you know? So I started drinking heavily and that was in high school. I was 15 when I started like really drinking. And then I would say I stopped for a good three years and picked up my habit again when I was like 20. And that was the whole, that's, that's, that's the whole phase, but I'm sorry, I, I digressed. Um, um, my coming out experience though was when I, was 16 years old, 17 years old, excuse me. My sister is in the car with me and uh, she says, hey, we need to talk. And I'm like, all the fears are going through my head. Like, oh shit, like she knows I'm gay. Here I go, I gotta explain this. And I, uh, I full up and tell her, I said, hey, okay, I'm gay. I get it. She's like, no, 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 there's a different elephant in the room that we need to talk about. And it was my, my partying. It was my partying. So everybody knew I was gay. My family, they all knew I was gay. That was a super breeze. That was a breeze. It was no big deal. My friends, on the other hand, was not the same. It was, uh, I thought that since my family took it so well, I could go to my people and, and, and be as happy as my family was and, and share in that love with them. And it didn't really turn out the same. People had mixed feelings. Um, I ended up getting in a lot of fights because of it. Got jumped a lot. Uh, I remember people calling me just to say, Hey, I'm going to come kick your ass. And I'm like, well, you know where I live, come over, you know, and just having to deal with that on a daily, like just scared, scared and always watching your back. That was a good two years of my life, which didn't really help. So I stumbled more into drinking. I drank for 10 years because of that. I think all of it all of that, that whole like turmoil and stuff that is put on you at a young age, all that stress and everything. And it's, it just can be a lot. It really can. I, I remember when you were younger and you were just starting to tell the family. And, um, I remember you being really uncomfortable. I mean, I remember, I remember like you were unsure of yourself. You didn't know how to tell anybody. You knew who you could kind of tell or who was going to support you. But do you remember that part of? Yeah, of no, I, I definitely remember that. I, I, I knew I could go to like you. I, mm -hmm. I knew that, there, that Kelly and Nicole would be obviously okay to go to, but you know, there's still grandma and grandpa and judgment from uncles and, you know, certain aunts that you don't know how they're going to look at you anymore. Like you don't know mm -hmm. how, like all of those years of having love from that person, you now are fearful of that all being taken away because of you living your truth. And it's like yeah. you battle that truth for so long that like at one day you're, you're, you're at the point where you're, 
you're going to, you're going to fucking pop. So it's like, am I going to lose all these people for my truth or am I going to keep hiding who I am and fucking go into oblivion? Cause that's where I was headed. And you know, no, you, you have to, uh, you gotta live your truths because at the end of the day, man, like it will eat you alive. Yeah. And coming out. Did and, you, go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. I don't know. What was your question? Go ahead. So you already knew who the problems were going to be with telling all of us or. Well, no, I just said, you know, you, you, you have feelings about certain people. You have your reservations and you kind of know that there's going to be judgment passed at you and you, you're already aware of it. You, you know that you, you know that feeling because like me being a popular kid or whatever, I was a part of it all. I, I saw what happened to the people that weren't accepted. I saw what people mm-hmm. would do to them. I was never, I was never like that. I was an advocate for standing up for people that would be picked on and stuff like that. But you're around it. You can't control the world, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, there's, there's a lot that comes down with, with that whole situation. You, you, you really got to boil down what's important to you. And sometimes that means losing family and friends. And that's the yeah. unfortunate circumstance about it. And that's, we were, we were talking about this earlier and you had mentioned like when I made the decision or, or whatever. And it's like, it's something that I kind of want to like flip on you. It's like, when, like, think about this, like for real, when did you consciously like say to yourself, I'm going to be straight. And it's not like I wake up every day and I say that I'm straight. No, no. It's like, when did you make the conscious decision that said this, that you said to yourself, like, I'm going to like women and that's the route that I'm choosing and I'm going to take because I never, I never just like, yeah, exactly. I never made that conscious decision of, well, this is my route. You know, this is it. It's like, no, no, it's just the feeling it's, you couldn't, I can't fight it even if I tried. Well, that's when, that's when you make the conscious decision. When you have that feeling, you know, that whenever song, that is, and I can't fight this feeling anymore. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's sometimes you don't make a decision. You just go with your feelings. No, no, but that is what I'm saying is that is yeah, the decision. I get it. it I get it. However you want to put, however you want to weigh it or not, you know, it's <clears throat> with any decision. It's whenever you finally have that moment that's when you make a decision of whatever it is, whenever you saw, you know, whatever, whenever a, a young man sees bra and panties on TV and he has that, you know, that's the moment like, oh, that's what it is. And I think that's with with everyone. There's mm-hmm. a moment with whatever you're doing when you make a conscious decision. It, maybe that's not a conscious decision. That's just your mind making it up for you. That would be subconscious. Yeah. Essentially. So it's not like you sat down with pen and paper and you thought, this is how my life's going to go. This is my route. Because if I would have been able to do that, trust me, I would have picked vagina. I would have picked the straight route. I would have picked the house and kids. I would have picked all of that, all of that glitz and glam because they're like with that style of thinking though, that it is a conscious choice. it, it, It forces people into the idea of, they are making the wrong choice or they could have made a, a different choice. Well, so when I, I say I that think, it's subconsciously chosen, it's like you don't have a choice because if I were to tell you to choose to be gay right now, you couldn't do it and you couldn't well, enjoy yourself. Yeah, exactly. You couldn't, you wouldn't, well, you, you, you wouldn't enjoy uh, yourself. Right. Well, I wouldn't want that just because societally I wouldn't want it. Yeah, like, I, understand. I, I, I talked to somebody about that when they were like, Oh, you know, about your kid being gay. I would never want my kid to be gay ever. Yeah, I understand because, because of what they have, they have to go through. Yeah, that's and I think that that's with lots of different things like going down that, those roads. But, you know, it's it's kind of like because I have a friend who <sighs> I've gotten a huge argument about aborting a child who, you know, is in the womb that has a problem. That you they know before they mm-hmm. come out like down syndrome, some kind of thing. And she was like, and she ended up having a child who has a leg disability. Everything else is normal, but she has this problem. And she's like, you know, what would you have done? I said, I would have aborted because I know that I wouldn't want to put a child through that, you know, painstakingly 
and myself, I know I couldn't handle it. And those are decisions that, you know, yeah, that's, if that's you can a very, make those, that, you make that's them. a very tough decision. You know, it's, that's, that's a very tough decision, but at the same time, you know, it's like, it's, th- those are choices. Those are, those are choices that you are consciously making that you are making with, you know, thought process involved that you are sitting down thinking about, Hmm, I can't do this. I can't No, I, there was, there was no, there was no thought process of that for you for being a heterosexual. You know what I mean? Correct. Like, it's like, you know, that's, that's, this what I was saying with that one. You know, it's like, it's very, no, it's, I agree. Yeah. It's my it's, argument with the, if was, if you would, you know, if you would want your child to do that. Yeah, I, no, think it's I like, mean, like if I wouldn't want my child to be gay based on society standards, however, we as we as adults can be the change. We can be the change in society's viewpoint, because what people view as wrong is just a lack of education or a lack of experience with that subject, because you could say that that's wrong left and right until you take a second to spend, you know, a day at DragCon, see the people literally see people right but you're you're still talking about uh people's view you can't change people's views if you believe a certain way regardless of what if you dragged them through drag con they're still going to believe the same thing no i I mean it's a a moral thing to people not the other way yeah but but throughout time and throughout history views change because in ancient greece homosexuality was very, very open. Spartan warriors had sex with each other for, for battle. Literally. Mm-hmm. It was like, that's why they fought so hard for their loved ones. Cause they would mate with each other as well. So it's like, you know, if we're going to go flip everything 180, it's like, let's do it again. Because if you're, if we're sitting here in a casual conversation where we can be two valid points and you can understand my point and I can understand yours, there's nothing wrong with us. Then I'm a gay man though. Correct. What's wrong? What's wrong with me now? Society, like, what's wrong with me now? You know. Well, I, h- hundreds and hundreds of years. That's no. I I, I get it. it. That's what I'm saying. We got to be the change. Yeah, but but uh, again, I think you have to look at the reality of that. the The reality of that is thousands of years, and it still hasn't changed. And, and again, I don't want to get too off subject with that of of throwing again. Like I told you before, we're 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 going to throw each other's views at each other, no matter what we do. And like I said, I have relatives that are gay and I have friends that are gay. I I just kind of look at things from a very black and white situation and a very small thing of gray and it's in everything. So it's not just this, (laughs) like I I see society for what it is. And it, you're talking about percentages, Mm -hmm. very small percentages. No. Yeah. So, for for me, I've always had a problem with why everybody has a problem with what people are doing in their bedrooms with their mates. Like for me, when the first cousin of mine came out, he came out to me years ago. I must have been about 18 years old. And he was like, I'm always going to love you. And please don't ever think that I won't love you, even if you don't agree with what I'm going to tell you. And I looked at him and I'm like, did you kill somebody? Like, what the hell did you do? And he told me he was gay. And I was like, okay, but what did you do? And he's, he said again, I'm gay. And I'm like, well, I knew that before I knew what sex was when it came to you, you were always different, but why do I care what you're doing with your mate? Like you're not, I don't have to wear a scarlet letter saying I'm into bondage with whomever I'm with. Not that I was, let's not get it twisted. I'm not going that far with anything, but I mean, at the same time, who who needs to know that who needs to be a part of it who it should only be the people that are in your bedroom right not so for me society (laughs) for me for society to have an opinion about it then i should be able to have opinion about what they're doing or not doing in their bedrooms i think it should just be across the board uh yes but the the i think the the thing that you're talking you're not walking down the street with a leather mask on so you're not really bringing it down the street and I, and again i'm playing devil's advocate if you're that's not that's apples and oranges just from what i've that, seen all that, across with like the internet and with with you know the younger generations and everything coming through like the idea of 
being resistant to acceptance is like it's going to be a thing of the past. Like there is always going to be a prejudice. There is always going to be some form of racism, some form of uh, form of, of homophobia. There's always going to be that. But as a norm, society, societal norm, it should be acceptance all around or mind your own fucking business. That's really what it's all about. That's like, right. That's it, right. Like, like if you don't accept it, then leave it alone. You don't need to protest about it. You don't need to freaking write a whole letter about it. Leave it alone. Because I don't give a shit that you call the cops on people that upset you, uh, you know, down the street from your house all the time, whatever, you know, it, it means nothing to me. Your day means nothing to me. So why should mine mean something to you? You know, I, I think in the in the normal of what you're saying is totally correct. Um, most people, I think, want to be just left the fuck alone in general. And I think that that's every single person. Um Unfortunately, we live in a world of media that push narratives and 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 that's both sides. And I'm not talking you <laughs> pick your narrative. We, oh, we yeah. can talk Buffalo and gun laws right now if you want to. I'm a huge supporter of guns. And that's all you're going to hear right now is take guns away from people oh, instead yeah. of instead of arm more people so they can fight back instead of turtling on the ground and getting shot. Because that's what people did, unfortunately. Um, so I think that the, there's narratives like that. It's, it's like the don't say gay bill that isn't really what it says. A yeah, and no. you're, you're going to find both sides of that argument. Um, in my case, I do but agree with that. But it, we're getting off on a political, like political crap when you mean we're, you mean we're going somewhere else with it, not getting <laughs> off. Yeah, we're, let's, yeah, let's dive back only because like I want this to be more of a story. You know, I want this to be more like so that people can understand better what an actual human being goes through, regardless of what they do with their partner. Like it should just, you know what I mean? It's like, uh, yeah, well, I mean, like I, 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 when we were we were chit chatting a little bit earlier before the podcast, we were talking about just the you know the experiences that um, you know gay kids don't get to experience because of society, like prom, like holding a person's hand that they have a crush on, like giving a little innocent peck on the cheek to somebody that they have a crush on in sixth grade that is feeling mutual. You know what I mean? You you know the feelings. Everyone feels it. It's it's cosmically known at all ages. Um, uh, it's it, that's those are things that were taken away from just being who you are. And and it's things that I've I've seen gay people on the internet and you know uh, TV shows and stuff talking about their gay experiences and how they wish that they had a prom or or yada yada yada. And it's it's stuff like that where you have to take what was taken from you and rebuild from what remains like that's literally it shine brighter be stronger to, that you there is no taking things back from your past it's just learning from it and moving forward that's that's really all it is with the, the whole experience is like i look back at everything and i'm like what did i learn there what did i learn from that what did i learn from that you gotta you gotta piece it together and make sense of it all so what what exactly made you turn to drinking then? Um, the numbing of everything, the my my thoughts, my you know, I really enjoyed it. I just I found drinking and then my friends introduced me to some drugs and that started everything from cocaine to, you know, MDMA and hallucinogenics and all that stuff so like i i experienced it all in a very short period of time i uh had a couple close calls where i potentially could have been in life-threatening situations and my family doesn't know about that and i haven't really shared that with anybody but it's okay because i'm an adult and now's the time if they want to ask you know they can talk to me about it um but yeah no like like a lot of that stuff that i went through i think it was just me trying to figure out who the fuck i was and i didn't go about it the correct way um i'm just now celebrating two years sober uh so that alone nice. that alone the may 11th was my date uh that alone right there just like my growth in that uh i'm getting to know myself for the first time i feel like in my life so i'm still getting to know myself from my childhood and my 20s so it's interesting to go through that now. Um, 
I've never dated anybody sober. So that's going to be an interesting thing wow. to experience. Ever? Ever. Wow. That's. Hmm. I, I've never even been on a date sober. I've never had like a date with anybody sober. I was in years of relationships, never sober. Yeah. Wow. So this is. Uh, so, well, I mean, not, not to get off too off topic, but how no. did you function? Um, like, I was, I, and, and I know that uh, that's coming from somebody who like, I've never done any drugs. Oh yeah. I've, so, I, but I've I, lost people. I've lost several friends to overdoses. So to be completely honest um, with you, I don't know how I was functioning. I was drinking probably about like 30 beers a day, roughly. So were you drinking on the job? Oh yeah. I was drinking wow. on the job. Yeah, no, it, it was, it was, so, it was, a, it was a consistent flow. So did you find, did you find yourself to be a functioning Oh yeah, I, I mean, was a fully function. Yeah, I was a fully functioning alcoholic. You know, I never missed a day of work. You know, I was pretty spot on <laughs> with my shit. I was, wow. I, I was a great waiter. I, you know, you you wouldn't know that I was fucked up, but I, mm-hmm. I was getting fucked up every day. And yeah, yeah, I lived that life for a good ten years, and it got to a point where I was so throwing th- up blood, and I was like, hmm, maybe I should probably chill out and get my shit together. So do you think it was multiple things in your life? I mean, obviously coming out or oh, living, yeah. it, living what on, you were, I, it, it had to be more than just that. I mean, yeah, no, it was. And, and again, that, I'm, I'm asking, I guess it was that it was, you know, it was uh, living without a father. Um, That's, you know, where I was going to go with the, it. Yeah, there was there was no there was no like father male influence in my life, really. Mm-hmm. I, I I clung dearly to my uncles um, and any other male figure that I could find. Uh, mm-hmm. that masculine energy I just like clung on to for yeah. life. Um, yeah, no, the, there was, there's a lot of underlining factors, you know, like growing up poor, you know, not having the easiest life. Uh, there's a lot of things that I went through at a young age and traumas that I don't, don't even know that I went through that, you know, like as an adult, <laughs> being sober now for the first time in his life, you know, I, I'm, I'm getting to, dive into this i'm getting to learn who sean is i'm getting to figure out who i am and like i'm not i'm not trying to say that that this is all because of my coming out experience or whatever but like let's let's just say for one second could you think that like if i was a straight kid with like a a little bit better off pay you know my parents and they were together my whole life could have been completely different oh would i have been an addict would i have done that you know like i always think about like those what ifs like uh, yeah, and I think that there's there's many things that's very multifaceted. What you just said, um, you could have had a father in your life, and that would have and you would have came out and it'd been worse. Yeah, I know exactly. You, you know what I mean. So there's my family there's, could have been freaking destroyed or something. You know, yeah. we we did a show on fathers not being in someone's life, and it's it'll take your breath away how bad things are. Do, uh, I'm going to ask you something too, kind of like. Because obviously you were wearing a mask in front of people that obviously many people already knew. Do you think that the the being overly popular? Do you think that was trying just another mask you wore to try to? Oh yeah, do, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like absolutely. I had to. Uh, I, I was funny, so. My yes, funny, my funny diverted, one. you know, like it, it's like a, the funny fat kid. I, I was, I was the funny fat kid for a little while and then I got my growth spurt and then I was the funny, handsome guy and girls were like, please have sex with me. And I was like, Whoa, this is a lot. I don't know. <laughs> you sure? Right. It's the comedian thing. That's what you hear from a lot of comedians too. It's like the reason that they decided to be funny is that they were wearing a mask for something else. Yeah, I wanted to uh, I wanted to be a comedian for a good a good while. Like I I had a lot of stuff written down in materials and and then I decided to to instead of like put the mask on and like hide my pain, I decided to go the other route and I go into meditation and I am healing my pain and I'm going mm-hmm. inward and I'm healing myself and I'm just going completely 180 on that. I'm not hiding my pain. I'm I'm healing it. I'm focusing on myself. Do you, do you think coming out and, and finally finding a level of sobriety, um, is pushing, 
I don't know how I should say this. Do, do they push each other forward? Like, oh, I would have. I would you're accepting yourself a lot more now that you're sober. Well, I'm I'm clear headed of it. Uh, no, I accepted myself when I was when I was drinking as well. I um, I, I don't. I, I guess I didn't mean it that way. Like that you you find yourself. Hmm. Let me let me tell you my experience with just the sobriety and and me accepting mm-hmm. myself. I will say that the fact that I do accept myself 100 percent and I do love myself fully, um, plus being sober, is a is a big big enhancement in my life. Like I'm, I'm really, really positive. Most of my days, like my coworkers, they see me and they're miserable. They're all servers just like me. And they're like, why are you so positive all the time? And I'm like, well, because life's too short and I've lived a shitty good chunk of it. And I'm ready to start like living life and laughing and being positive and, and not giving a shit about people's opinions, you know, just being myself. Do you find it, I mean, let's say you're saying that you've really never been sober in a relationship. How would you find dating now? It's got to be difficult because the first thing that we all say is like, hey, do you want to get a drink with each other? I think that that's, you know, and again, I think coffee dates are the thing now anyway, like at least from what I understand through these things, like that's the bigger thing. So I guess it's great for all of us that are single. Um. It, it it sounds like that that thankfully hand in hand because again I've lost several people to drug use that, mm-hmm. that quickly. Matter of fact, I had a yeah. friend who flatlined, had the EKG on his wall, and still didn't learn from it and died. Yeah, so yeah. I, I'm bad, happy dude. to hear that you've you found because you know we talked off air before that the suicide rate mm-hmm. is very high in that community. Like, oh yeah insanely high scary high actually um and again not that it's not in straight communities suicide rate yeah it is males scarily high in, anyway just males a definitely lot. yeah i mean i i think even in the, the you know normal community if you want to put your quotes in it's still like nine or ten percent it's yeah, yeah. super high and i think it's like too, i said it's too much that's too much for anybody it's too much know? so i i think mental uh mental health with whatever, whatever you're battling needs to be oh, yeah. looked upon. I am, um, I, for the first time in my life, I feel like I'm focusing on myself. Uh, when it comes to dating, um, in my sober life, I, I don't go to bars. So if anybody would ask me, you know, for, if I were to go out to a drink, my, my question would be like, well, do you want to get coffee or you like you said you know something like that if i find out that their life revolves around drinking then that's not necessarily somebody that i would want in my life anyways exactly and i think that that's easier to find now anyway yeah it's all about finding your your healthy balance your what's good Mm -hmm. for you you know and that's just me putting things in perspective so is your father totally out of your life has like never been in your life uh he's never been in my life no um i reached out when I was 25 years old, I was like, you know what? I'm not living life with regrets. I don't know what this man's like. I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm going to reach out to him. I'm going to find a way to reach out to him. So I called his dad, my grandfather. And I, I asked mm-hmm. him, I was just, just shooting the shit with him. And then I was like, Hey, I, I need to talk to my dad. And he was like, well, I, I don't have his number, blah, 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 which is always the shit he's given me. And I was wow. like, I, I was like, all right, that's fine. Uh, grandpa, can you cut the shit? I need to speak to my father. I'm 25 years old. I need to talk. I need to talk to my dad. And he was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. Hold on. So he goes and gets the number, call my dad up and he answers the phone and he says, hello. I'm like, is this Steven Jones? And he goes, yeah, who's this? I said, this is Sean Jones, your son. And I'm pretty sure I heard him shit his pants through the phone. Like I heard the shit just hit the floor. Uh, like, uh, I'm sure. No, 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 no. He was actually, he was, he was pretty elated. Uh, we, we talked for a good two hours and uh, it was the first time in my life that I got to say, I love you, dad. And that was a very, good. that was a very powerful thing for me. I got what I got from that experience because I knew that I was going in there for me. It was an experience that I needed to have for myself that I did not get when I was a kid that I did not get for years. So I met him. I did that. We, we stayed in contact for a little while, but then we kind of fell off. Um, he was going through it and he was asking me for favors. And I was like, I, I you know, I can't do it. You know, I, I just can't, 
I can't do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, he most recently passed. And when I, I was at work when I found out that he passed away and my sister was like, Hey, are you okay? And I, I, I told her, I was like, you know, I kind of feel like a superhero died or like, like a, a, a movie character because I have emotions for this person, but I don't know him and I've never met him, but there's an emotion there. There's, there's right. something there for years there. And like, I, you know, my buddy, my buddy, uh, one of my best friends since junior or yeah, since junior high school, his, him, he, he went through the same exact situation with his father and his father passed away before mine did. So I called him immediately and was like, what's going on Cameron? And like, I need to talk to you. And he, he basically was just like, you know, he wasn't really there. And now that he's gone, we're just kind of left to deal with the shit that remains like the resin of whatever he left us, you know? So it was, that was, you know, it was an experience, but I, I'm glad that I met my dad when I was 25 years old. I'm glad that I went out there and I went to Vegas and I'm glad that I did that for myself because I'm not living with regrets and that would be something that I would regret. Sure. And were you sober at the time? I was not. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I was not um, sober at the time. I, I, I think it is good that you, you know, that you, again, um, you got to sew something up. And I think mm-hmm. that th- those are super important things to do, whether it worked out or not, you got to walk away from it saying that you got to, to talk to him and meet him, which is, you know, a, exactly, a exactly. You know, like us as humans, we always grasp for control and power. So at least in this situation, I could say that I had the power and the control and I made that happen and I saw my father and I got to do what I needed to do there. You know, yeah. like I don't I don't live with regrets on that one. But, you know, it, it does it does pain me, though, because everybody that knew my dad tell me how much I'm like my dad and tell me how much like I light up a room like he did and tell me how much like, or do you know that your dad saved my life? Or do you know that this, 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 or that? And I'm like, yeah, I I don't, I don't judge the man. He didn't, he wasn't a father. He, it didn't work out for him at that time. It wasn't his gig. I don't, I don't hold any ill will towards the man, you know, but like that's, it's just a, it's just something that you got to go through. Not all people are good and not all people are bad. Mm -hmm. Everybody's a mixture of both. And I think I I personally knew your dad and I felt like he had both of, he had both in him. He had the good and the bad, but I think his bad was more focused towards himself. It had nothing to do with you guys. Oh yeah. No, it wasn't focused towards us. He was never aggressive. He wasn't a violent person. Mm -hmm. He was, it, it was just, I, he hated himself. Was he an addict? You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 It was, it was all the whole kit and caboodle, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but when I, when I did, when I saw him, he was sober. So, you know, I mean, that's good. It, it but, probably had to be sobering for him. He, you know oh, what yeah, I mean? I'm like, sure. I, I couldn't imagine. I mean, again, I, I am a father, so there's something to that. Like, I I have problems with deadbeat dads. I'm like really crazy because when I got divorced, I took my kid. I've never not had my son and he'll be 20 in December. Yep. So it means a lot to me. Um, uh, I'm glad that you saw him only because for me to hear you say that you closed the door, whether it was good or bad. Mm-hmm. And and for you, I think that's going to move your sobriety and your. Look, you, you closed the door that you knew was whatever was behind it was behind it. You saw it, closed the door. It's unfortunate he passed away. I think that that's, yeah. you know, there's some things to obviously it's fate. We can't change. But I think that to me, that sounds like such a um, a good moment for you. Yeah, <laughs> no, it, it it was, man. It was it was honestly it it was a good moment for me. And I am very glad that I got it. I got to do it like when I when I was doing it. I sent a message out to my three sisters. All of them have a different experience with this man. So I sent a message out to them, letting them know that this is what I was doing. They were more than, you know, more than able to come with me if I, if they felt comfortable enough, none of them wanted to. 
And I was just like, okay, I'm just, I don't want to live with regrets. You know, like this is me. So I, you know, went alone. I did it my own way. And my youngest sister, who's five years older than me, they're all, they're all older than me. But when I say my youngest, she's the, the youngest of the sure. three older. Um, she, uh, she ended up going down. I came back and told her about it. She ended up driving down herself and she had her oh. own experience. So, Good. you know, like I sparked a little bit in somebody else. So it's, it's, you know. Uh, I mean, all of those factors, though, could 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 contribute to my alcoholism, you know? I mean, well, yes. I mean, it it sounds still like a heroing uh, heroing thing that happened to you. Again, uh, it doesn't sound like you ever put him on a pedestal, which is as a whole other good thing for you. I think that what you did is what you did. Um, So, you know, you, you talked about like obviously high school was just a shitty experience for you. It was, 20, it was great 20, until I, I came out. It was the end of high school that was shitty. Right. I, was, I mean, that's kind of what yeah. I was meaning. Yeah. Um. So 23, you meet your dad. Uh, I'm assuming that you told your dad you were gay. Yep. Because okay. I didn't. I, 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 you don't know who I am. I'm going to tell you everything that I am. And no, you better no, fucking I, accept me. Because you, know? you were out exactly. by then, too. Yeah. 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 I mean, that was my that assumption was my anyway. Because, yes. Uh, well, I think it's your mentality now. I, just oh, by, yeah. you know, talking with you. So that's 23. So 25. that's 25. Oh, okay. So that's only seven, seven years. years ago. Sorry. LA Unified. Um, yeah. Same. <laughs> yeah. I was still counting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, exactly. I, I count on my fingers all the time. I, and then I went to school with Tina. So that's how I, that's how we know each other. Um, did you go, did he go to the same school as us, Tina? Mm-hmm, he did. Oh, that's pretty funny. Oh, Kennedy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh so, yeah. Um. So okay. So in the last. So let's say from dad going forward, right? So the last seven years. Tell me your. Tell me your your journey in the last seven years. Uh, pretty much. I mean, we know you're sober, which is great. Um. At least in the last two. <laughs> yeah. But what, what what about your your experiences with society and and how you're feeling going forward because obviously you said you really haven't dated outside being um under the influence of something so where do you see like what's happened in the last seven years and where you see yourself kind of going forward from here jeez man the last seven years was uh, a whirlwind five of those was inebriated and getting to the worst points of it so i'm glad that i got rid of that uh that habit um I was in a relationship with somebody that I knew I was going to lose them if I did not kick the habit. And I already wanted to be sober. I've been fighting it for years. And I I looked at the person and I said, give me three days and I will be off of alcohol. And within three days, I was off alcohol. And that was May 11th, two years ago. So that was five years of chaos. Uh, I'm coming into my sobriety now. And and man, I, I just am ready to grow. I'm excited about my future. I recently got a new job. I, I got my license. I'm insured. Um, hey. yeah, all of that, all of that had to happen because I did just spent years. I didn't get my license because I knew that I would be too drunk and I would get a DUI and I would crash and hurt myself or somebody. So I literally just Ubered. I knew myself better than to just be drunk and driving, which so is, you I guess, just got your license. Most, yes. No yeah. shit. Yeah, thirty wow. years old. I was thirty-one wow. when I got it. Wow, that's interesting for a Californian. Hey. That's very interesting. Yeah, I lived my Especially entire. Especially here. I lived my life uh, with Ubers and uh, people, homies. Yeah, I was oh, I, friends rides. This is my. This is how I was though. I was a functioning alcoholic. I made great money, so I could fund the evening. You just got to pick me up. <laughs> that's that's oh, how it was and yeah, people were yeah. very okay with that so you know i had a lot of friends i had a lot of friends they're not they're not my friends very very uh very much anymore but you you've always had a lot of people around you because of your charisma and the way you were and the personality that you had you've you've always attracted people to you so it even though it's not the same people, you've always had people around oh, yeah. you. I mean, I still, I yeah. still have my people. I, I'm, I'm ready to go traveling though. I'm going to go to Australia. I'm going to go to Spain. going to go to Italy. I'm going to go That's everywhere, right. man. I'm going to get up out of here. 
Australia kind of scares me. I, Spain's awesome. My daughter went there and Italy. Australia scares you because of the bugs? No, Australia scares me because they're insanely crazy right now and want to lock everybody oh, yeah. up. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, you know, the, the, and the, the COVID camps kind of scare me. The, the, bu- the fucking spiders are gnarly. Yeah, I know my buddy, he told me. And they're you big. can't. Yeah, you know, you, you literally, before you get in bed, you check your pillow sheets, your pillowcases yeah. and your sheets because they'll the crawl in The same with there. your your cars, your uh, mm-hmm. where you we open the doors because they get underneath there and they stay. I, yeah, I I said visit. Yeah, you'll absolutely <laughs> love Spain. Oh, yeah, Spain. Spain My is... daughter loved it in Spain. Super. She lived in Germany, so she traveled to France and Spain. That's, and that's actually one of my destinations. I wanna, I wanna potentially live in Germany. She, she actually liked it. She was in the military, so she lived, you know, off base, but in a town. She absolutely loved it. I, I would say if you're, I mean, I haven't traveled, but she dug it. So my sister's, uh, one of her best friends uh, lives in Munich, and and it is absolutely gorgeous. She shows me pictures all the time, and I'm like, God. Just want to go. I'm going to go visit. Uh, you know, I'm going to just go travel the world. That, that's that's how I feel now. You know, being being sober, being out of this this whole experience, being 32 years old. Like I wish I had this mentality, this freshness, at the age of 18, when I should have had it. I, that's that's. I think you needed to you needed to experience some things, and you needed oh, to get yeah. some some monsters off your shoulders before you could do that. Yeah, but at least you're sure. learning it at 30 instead of 50. <laughs> yeah, that is for sure. That's true. That uh, is. For I'll sure. tell you, like, I, I think most people at 18 are aren't living that anyway. Oh no, oh, yeah, no. that's I'm trying all. Trying to figure yeah. out what the hell they're doing with as it, as it left my mouth i was like you didn't know your ass from your face at 18 <laughs> like nobody I mean, does though nobody I, I didn't know it at fucking 30 i got married at 30 i mean i had a kid at 31 i was fucking lost dude i was oh yeah scared lost and i bet you i'm still lost knowing that i know everything right now <laughs> oh dude i if it makes you feel any better dude you'll never know you'll always be lost oh yeah pieces of do do you have any tattoos oh yeah i got a i got a few i got one two three four five six six several go see that's a good start i'm trying to get tina to do it see i have tons oh yeah no i saw i saw i I I want to go i want to get more i i definitely want to get more but i i ended up getting a um Every single one of them has meant something to me, and one of them I kind of want to get covered up or redone, covered. just redone. I, I covered, I covered my first one. Um, my my right arm is all Viking because my son is named after a Viking god, oh, Odin. Um, and yes, yeah, there you go. <laughs> and then um, my other arm is all kind of skulls and flowers because I have a. I think death is chasing us and it has a clock on it. So do shit before you die. I got all my tattoos in my forties. In your forties. Mm-hmm. Dang. Yeah. My late forties. Well, with the exception of one, my first one I got when I was like 31, but everything else I got, I got all in my forties, all within three years. So I have two full sleeves and chest pieces. See, that's what I want to do. I want to do it with an artist and like take my time, get to know them and be like, all right, this yeah. is what I'm doing. Yeah, no, I love uh, that. That's... You guys have a good time with that. <laughs> Come on, no, Tina, but, uh, you can do it with us. I, I just think no. it's, a, it's a thing where where you kind of, you, you know, you find it's not that I found myself. I, I'm glad I didn't do it when I was young because I would have the most evil demonic shit on me if I did it <laughs> oh, when yeah. I was in my 20s. Like I would have evil, evil shit on me. Um, so I'm kind of glad I waited and, and, you know, again, you live, you'll see, I mean, you're young, dude, you, you have many, many years, but yeah, you, you, I think you have the mentality that you're talking about that, like you do only live once and, mm-hmm. you, you know, like I said, I, I've had many friends pass away way, way too young. So me too already. Um, and it's unfortunate, you know, it's, it's crazy, dude. Mm-hmm. I, had, I had a friend die at 40 at a funeral. Mm-hmm. He had a heart attack at a funeral. Jesus. Um, two really close friends overdose. A uh, friend of mine died at 50 of a heart attack. So like young. So yeah. and um, s- some of them lived. 
some of them let work live for them and they worked until they died and it sucked. So I kind of see where Look, you're if coming you from. Don't, if you don't live the life that you have today when you're actually having it, the, you don't know what you're going to miss out on. Exactly. That's it. It's, you, you have to, you have to be happy. You have to live. You have to make the most of every shitty situation that comes your way and hopefully learn from it. So you don't have to go through it again. And that's, that's just a smart way of living. That's what I was, I was telling Tina the other day we were on the phone. I was like, you know, I tell the girls that at my work, the hosts, they're young girls. I tell them like, you know, out of all my 32 years of being on this planet for the first time in my life, I am just strictly focused on myself. And it has been the best thing that I've ever done for myself, like ever. And I'm like, I told them, I told them all that. I was like, you guys just focus on yourself. You guys are 20 or 18, whatever. Don't just grow, grow right now. Worry about your careers, worry about your life, do all that stuff. You know, it's better to do it now than to do it when you're older. Get yourself situated. Trust me. And it's easier to love somebody that's loving themselves. So if they're doing for themselves, whatever they're looking for, they'll find because they're getting it from within. Exactly. Like when you're living that happy life, people are looking at you like, "Hmm, what do they have? I want some of that. Mm -hmm. Let me get some of that. Sip of that. What's uh? Here's your here's the 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 question of your of of your day for you then. What what is your what would you say to anyone right now that's struggling with what you went through? And I mean I coming s- out. Obviously, alcoholism is a whole other AA meeting that we oh, need to talk coming about. Coming out, coming out is oh shit. It's obviously still the thing that that I would say to anyone that's going through the coming out experience that know that it does get better, that you need to push through this time. Like if I were to like think about my disparity and and my heartache that I would have felt in the past and and if I were to feel that now, like, yeah, no, it's horrible. That passes. It does get better. Be be brighter. Be better than everybody else. That's all I say. And I think that is as a family, I think that people just need to remember that no matter what that person's doing, they're still a part of that family and they still need every single player on their team. You have to be there for your family, regardless of what, what they're doing with their own life and the decisions that they're making. So that's right. As a family, there needs to be some support and accountability, right? can't yeah. be one thing that yeah. happens that changes everything. The discourse of your entire relationship with people. Well, yeah. Exactly. I mean, Especially something that doesn't involve the person that, that knows about it. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, I think at the end of the day, there's, there's a difference between loving someone and not agreeing with whatever they're into. Cause we can talk about political parties these days, break up families. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. I, I, I don't agree with a lot of my friends, but they're still my friends because mm-hmm. I can look past those things. So I think that that's mostly from a family standpoint. It's like, you know, it, it's your kid. It's your friend. It's this, you know, at the end of the day, whether you agree with their lifestyle or not, you have to at least look at the, the reality of what love is. Mm hmm. And you should be there to support them, you know, either way. Yeah. At the end of the and day, look at your own life people. instead. Of, yeah. <laughs> and look at your own life and say, oh, well, what am I not doing right? If you if you have a problem with what somebody else is doing, you should be looking at yourself. Because there's a lot that you should be working on instead That's, of worrying about it's funny that you, else's that you crap. say that. I've noticed that with myself. Like when I get upset with somebody, I sit and I look at what I have in, in common with that person. And what they're doing that is something that I do that I get upset about. I find that that mm-hmm. similarity and then I stop getting that upset with people. That's normally part of the reason that we don't like a person is because it's something about ourselves we're not digging. Yep. It's like something that you don't like about yourself that you're seeing in that person. It's like mm-hmm. mm. when all when in all, in all reality, you're like, we're good. Everything's fine. You got to be looking like that. Right. 
Um, and on that note, do you have anything else you want to say? Because we're getting to the end of our of our episode. Do you have any? This is where you say the final words. The final words. <laughs> um, my final words would be like, you know, it, if I could give like any takeaway from my experiences. Getting to know myself and like meditating has probably been the most amazing thing that I've done. Like just getting that time to myself, just peace and quiet where I can sit and think about all of the things that I need to focus on for me to better myself. Just getting in that kind of headspace has helped me more than any uh, program or, you know, quick fix that I've looked up online or medication that I was on for years. Med- meditation's beaten mm-hmm. all of that. So that's my only takeaway from my experience. I recommend you guys give it a little, give it a little whirl. Yeah. I think with my puppy, I'm going to need to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dogs love it too. You, you get yourself in a little 10 minute meditation. My dog always comes up uh, here and lays with me. Uh, mm-hmm. He's 13 weeks, dude. This oh, yeah. guy, he meditates for about three seconds. Mm-hmm. Little bursts. I can throw, I throw yeah. a chew toy at him. Sometimes he'll, he'll give me a small break, <laughs> but Yes, I hear meditation is an amazing thing. So that's fantastic. What all my, uh, I have some other friends that are like, you just need to shut the fuck up for a few minutes and sit in your room and and just relax. Yeah. Man, like, I am telling right. you, there is nothing like shutting the fuck up for 10, 15 minutes with some cool music on and just sitting there. It's great. Mm-hmm. I think that that you probably same with Tina and me, you know, we deal with the public. Mm hmm. So when, when there's any kind of silence, like when I, I kind of walk in my bedroom at the end of the night and I'm probably not meditating, but I'm definitely in a state of mind where I'm just like trying not to hear anything. But the humming kinda, sound that's ringing in your ears, just that. Yeah. yeah or, sir, I work at a yard house. <laughs> I work at a yard house. Oh, so yeah. I serve the nicest, most pleasant customers until 1 a.m. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. Uh, that was well done. Well played. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also the noise. I, I'm sure like I, I work in a place that has music and it's somewhat loud because there's pallets and shit moving all over. You work in a place that is constant noise. Jamming. It's dude. always always jamming, always talking, always something going on. I think that's for the best of just your your employment <laughs> meditation is probably great you know what i should start a class there <laughs> yeah like, like like listen guys for our health we're gonna get some meditation yeah. classes going everyone go to the park and just listen to the wind blow through yeah you that know. would be if we could get a day off man we're trying to That's, hire new people right now it's a pain in the ass and yeah, no one wants to work my friend uh-huh. tina give them all the fun stuff Okay. Before I go, I would just like to say, Sean, thank you so much for being on. I know I just threw threw this at you yesterday and, um, I, I love you to pieces. You've always been one of my favorites and whatever you do, we know that you've always got me backing you and I'll sit there and laugh too when we oh, need to. So I love you. I love you. I love you. And thank you so much for being on the show. Of course. And with that, um, we've, we've, we've been on the show about six months now from what I'm thinking from when we, we started and shit. I believe we have, and we are now in 20 countries and 38 States. Ooh. So, uh, please, all of you keep, uh, subscribing, following, uh, get to us on Facebook, Instagram, let us know what your thoughts are. If you have any show ideas, if you have, um, anything you'd like to say, if you don't agree with us, if you do agree with us, reach out and let us know. Uh, you can reach us, reach us on Spotify. Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, Player FM, iHeartRadio, Outcast, Audibles, uh, anywhere where you get your podcast. But please continue to share, listen, follow, subscribe. We would really appreciate it. Yeah. Yay. We have 1,900 downloads now. Nice. Pretty, pretty interesting. Uh, wide range of fun topics. Uh, Sean, thanks for coming on. As always, you're Welcome back at any time. We just want to discuss any other crazy shit because it was we a pleasure. Have something to talk about. And um, yeah, 
this is an opinion show, so don't get it twisted. Keep coming back. <laughs> Listen up and have fun. We're here every Wednesday, so check us out, and we will see you in a week. Thank you, Sean, and for my co-host, as always, Tina. You guys have a great night. Good night.